I got an excited cat going on here too, and because we're cat sitting, so my nice. my parents-in-law's cat Pixie is staying with us, and she's going she's going pretty wild right now as well. My cats are wrestling on the floor in front of me, which is like very nice. I have the Raptors game behind me, the cats in front of me. It's uh, it's a good life. Tanara, what's your pet situation? Uh, I haven't seen my geriatric cat since I got home. I assume she's sleeping under my bed. She's not Classic. making scary sounds like she was during our aborted recording attempt. So hopefully she keeps not making those sounds. <laughs> she was being doing scary sounds? Well, Maybe she, she was... was possessed by some of the ghosts or whatever that were screwing with our recording. Yeah, she might have <laughs> been channeling some spirits. She was just like... Uh. You know when cats sleep, like, I think when they're sleeping really deeply and they're just kind of like, um, like groaning <laughs> in their sleep, kind of like, uh... <laughs> it's very yeah. cute. It it yeah. can be cute. In this case, it was a little alarming because it's just like, it was much louder than it should have been. And also I was trying to record a podcast, so it's like not wanted <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well as you may have picked up uh, it's big rings we are back with a new episode and this is our second take we tried to uh record an episode a few days ago and we had some kind of a ghost situation or some kind of some kind of you know weird spiritual interference we're not quite sure what was going on everything seems to be in order there now. was a spectral situation for sure <laughs> it was from beyond my raw power was fucking with your recording i'm really sorry about that mm. yeah well it <laughs> happens you know you're you're a powerful person <laughs> that's um, just that we knew what we were getting into and when we invited you on this show abdul you know so we can't really complain afterwards when when you deliver the exact results that we were imagining when we when you invited you on. Yeah, I summoned the spirit of Wexit to uh, you know <laughs> drag this podcast. Yeah. Out. When you sent the message, you said, "Yeah, you said in your first message to me, just as a heads up, I bring a ghost." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was like an expression or something, like a turn of phrase, not literally. Your first attempt at recording will be haunted by a, a like a spirit from beyond the grave. <laughs> hey wait wait how about this uh instead of co-host co-ghost hey. <laughs> there we go uh yeah no the dad the dad joke energy is is indeed quite strong um yeah i'm very yeah. sad that i'm very sad that uh all all our two minutes of uh good takes are you know lost to the ether forever yeah well i'm i may have a recording of your previous dad joke uh, may have may have uh, survived, so I'm going to check. Maybe I can edit in your your dad joke in post <laughs> instead like, of trying to recreate the energy. Committed to the bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, so Abdul, do you want to uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Abdul. I'm uh, Alberta's number one basketball fan um, and a co-host of the Kino Lefter podcast, which is um, where a socialist <laughs> podcast that talks movies um, uh, with two other people uh, in Edmonton. We watch movies every week like mentally ill people. We review them yeah. every week like mentally ill people. Our brains are slowly melting. Uh, please save yeah. us. But I'm very happy to be here to talk about my other mental illness, which is, you know, an obsessive love of basketball. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. We're all this, we all got the same, uh, the same similar brain poison for Hell all of us, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I, I will always say, um, sort of right off the top, is that, like, if you're a socialist, you should either be a smoker or be an obsessive fan for exactly one sport that other people around you might like. Yes. Yes. Damn, I've never considered my stand <laughs> in praxis, but uh, I, I definitely on this podcast have talked about my origin as like learning about football in order to have something to talk about at work that wasn't like hockey with and make small talk. But yeah, from now on, I'm going to say I'm doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fun. One we've talked we've talked in the past on the show too about how it's one of the few things left that can like bring communities together. 
uh, and different people from different backgrounds that all of a sudden kind of can come together. Like we kind of saw a bit of that in the in the Raptors run last in the in the playoffs uh, last summer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's mostly weaponized yes. in like the bad way, where it's like, see how like non-racist Canada is. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, if you well, want that is to, true. Uh, if you want to see like how good it can be, like look at the fans. Whenever there's like a labor dispute, like by and large, um, by yeah. by and large, <laughs> yeah. they'll support the labor dispute. I mean, it's very like situational, but. Uh, but like people like naturally get that like you know college athletes right now are like you know um uh players are like workers too right and it's like a really good way to be like hey if they can do it and make millions we can do it and get like you know a dollar raise and some benefits well it depends on where you look too because you see a lot of dipshits going like well they're already paid this and oh they're getting free education and uh, they're already celebrities you know there is plenty of like reactionary absolutely uh, people that that respond to that stuff as well I think in labor disputes more broadly, that's true. Although in my experience, I will say um, when a player is holding out to get a better deal, there's very little patience for that. So I, But I think I agree overall, but I feel like when Le'Veon Bell, for example, was holding out with the Steelers, it didn't – sorry, my cats. Um, uh, there was a lot of people being like, oh, you, you bum, just take yeah. the deal. Uh, I mean that was a specific case, but uh, – more broadly speaking, I think sports is – I agree with you 100 percent. It's a good way to talk about labor disputes. And also like when someone says like, oh, these millionaire athletes who get paid so much, you can counter that. Yeah, they get paid that much because – like 100 percent because they have a collective bargaining agreement that has allowed them to yeah, like, negotiate together as a group. Yeah, and they're the ones that are creating the wealth. Like they're the workers that are creating yeah. the billions and, and billions of dollars paid, in like, revenue. So they should get the biggest cut of, of what uh, of what um, the owners are making at yes. like the most. You know what I mean? Like they're making. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I threw this. Yeah, I definitely did talk about this online. But like the first pension in professional sports was like Bill Russell, Jerry West, and Wilt Chamberlain uh, getting the whole All Star team to like have a sit down strike before the game to be like, yeah, we're not we're not playing until you give us a pension, and they got a pension in two hours. You know what I mean? Like that's fucking awesome i mean if they could do it just saying yeah definitely um so before uh when we were gonna record this two days ago uh we were gonna do some all-star predictions um the all-star game (laughs) has already had its bench decided in the last like uh honestly in the last half an hour it was uh revealed but um we can talk about some of these reserves though yeah, yeah. So, do you guys know? Do you want me to read off who the reserves I'm are? I'm looking at the list right now. It's a it's a pretty okay list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the good news is the person that I wanted to advocate for is not on the list, but I also thought one of you might take him. Um, so I also had someone who I just didn't want to get on the list. So I'll <laughs> reveal both of mine. Um, but these are uh, first of all. All right, in the East, we've got uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Demantis Sabonis. Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, and uh, our beautiful big boy, the in my opinion, the greatest rapper of all Canada's time. Canada's ass, baby. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that's okay. right. For the Western Conference, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, Brandon Ingram, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Debatable. Damian Lillard. Sorry, I'm, I'm already editorializing yeah. a little bit. Uh, Damian Lillard and rounding it out, Donovan Mitchell. I think the East is better than the West. I will say that. I think the Western uh, Conference reserves are much more, uh, much more tolerable than the West. Yeah. So I, um, this slamonline.com article makes the important point. Uh, full credit to Austin Kent over at Slam Online. Uh, he points out that neither Bradley Beal or Kyrie Irving made it, which seems like uh, you know pretty egregious. That does seem um, egregious, yeah. And that's the thing yeah. is like I'm I, sad about not seeing Fred Van Vliet in there, but it's hard to make the case as much as I love Fred. It's hard to make the yeah. case for him for three Raptors. Over... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave you guys some homework. Yeah. Um, I wanted everyone to come with an argument for who they wanted to be on the All Star uh, bench. 
So I thought maybe we could go um, Abdul as the guest. You, uh, why don't you? Go mine first? was like an outside pick. Like I knew coming in, he wouldn't make it. But I actually think there is like some validity to Shea Gilgis Alexander um, making the the All Star reserves. Yeah. Like he's been having a an incredible season. He's extremely likable to watch play. You know what I mean? Like he is. I would argue he's, like, holding the fucking thunder together um, with, like, duct tape at this point. Um, yeah, he's, like... <laughs> well, in the game in the game earlier this year that they played the Raptors, he was absolutely tremendous that whole game. He absolutely killed the Raptors. Yeah, and, like, I really like him. I mean, I know a lot of people are, like, annoyed that he won't commit to playing for the Canadian team, but Canada is, like, fake to begin with. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Not a real country. Yeah, not a real yeah. country, but the Raptors, real team. And if, you, yeah, if you're if you north yeah. of, of the parallel, you better be cheering for them, but, like... Um, yeah. but, exactly. But, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Shay, I know he's... This is second year, right? Is uh, yeah, I believe so. Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's going to be in the Rising Stars game, but he's he's good enough that he could have been All Star reserve this year. I think like the reason he wouldn't make it is just because of age, which is what I'm guessing happened. But I know I like him. I think he's very sweet. It's I almost think of him as my son because even though he's six years younger than me, but yeah, that's fair. All uh, all of my favorite players are all my sons. <laughs> Even the ones who are older than you. Yeah, right? they're just all my beautiful Vince, boys. Vince Carter is my beautiful yeah. baby boy. <laughs> See, I prefer to call them my my dads. Oh, so they're okay. my basketball dads. <laughs> imagine having like Zion Williamson as a dad. Like, imagine just like this this large, imposing obelisk of a man just teaching you how to play basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, my father was a. Uh, I, it, apart from being an obelisk, the opposite of that in every way. Like I was taller than him when I was in high school, uh, and so he did not teach me how to play basketball. Um, I kind of would have preferred. I don't. I'm glad I had my own dad. <laughs> but if I had Zion teaching me to play basketball specifically, that would have been nice. I was about to say I wish he was my dad, but I don't. I like my dad. Like I don't want to cast any any yeah, shade yeah. on it's my nothing against him. No, no, he yeah. just didn't play basketball. He was a mechanical engineer. I was also way better at basketball than my dad. Nice. I mean, I would say I'm probably about even with my dad when it comes to athletics, but... I've never given it a shot, but when I go home, I'm going to play horse with my dad and, uh, you know, my my (laughs) 70-year-old father and kick his ass. Well, that's how you establish dominance. He's got to understand there's been a changing of the guard, and that's the way you show that. Then you have to just... You have to be ruthless. Imagine being yeeted on by your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely would buy uh, Shai Gogelskis Alexander. Um, also, uh, last last time we did an episode, we ranked the four remaining quarterbacks uh, going into the uh, conference championship yes. game in terms of attractiveness. I would say Shai <laughs> is a cutie. Like, without a doubt, he's a cutie. Um, any final words on Shai before we move on? He's a good boy. I'd like to see him on the Raptors, possibly, some eventually. That would be pretty cool. Hell yeah. Yes. And I know we talked about a candidate as fake, but if the number of Canadian players that are currently in the league all committed to play for that national team, I I I would still not be a nationalist, but it would be difficult for me to not have at least a little bit of national pride in it's that okay to be a reactionary team. when it comes to like a reactionary nationalist but only with sports that's like my hot take i mean i agree with you except that also like that's also especially with hockey a way that real mm. reaction oh yeah like, <laughs> like nationalism is fermented <laughs> um <laughs> at least if it was with the basketball team instead of the hockey team it would be like a slightly more inclusive and yeah, diverse just form of reaction. Slightly more woke. No, I mean like hockey. Hockey sucks, yeah. but you know lacrosse, uh, football, women's soccer. Um, yep. Great national enterprises. When you say football, which football do you mean? Honestly, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> nice, perfect. It's going to be cool when we institute the United Socialist Republic of the Americas, and uh, then we can like feel happy about that stuff again, and feel not kind of like reactionary when we get excited about the olympics and stuff Mm -hmm. 
do you ever wonder like if basketball if basketball had its uh, had its moment when the USSR was still a thing they would just be recruiting essentially straight out of Mongolia like they would just be recruiting every tall Mongolian person because they're all like six foot six and be ripping apart the world at basketball man that would be awesome I mean that'd be sick oh shit it's just it's just people like there's like imagine the pregame like eagles all over the court everyone's decked out in adidas I love it so good (laughs) um I gotta say the Olympics is like something I do genuinely love like I know it's all bullshit, so I don't fall for it. But like the the like Coca Cola commercial idea of what the Olympics represent, like people from all over the world coming together to compete and the like yeah, elite yeah. athletes and like that's cool. It's just as connected to like the biggest organized crime ring on yeah. earth. So <laughs> that part I mean, sucks. It's just hot people having orgies and sometimes playing sports is like really yeah. Like that's Olympics cool. Is. And then they eat McDonald's. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so I already mentioned for my uh, all-star pick, I already mentioned Fred Van Vliet. And yeah, even though mm-hmm. I, I think it, I can understand that it's a difficult case to make to have, uh, you know, uh, three Raptors going to the all-star game this year when they've been very good, but not, you know, they're not like dominating the league or anything. But Fred is an all-star caliber player. He's the all-star of my heart and he's my friend and uh, mm-hmm. he deserves it. He deserves to be there, but uh, you know I'm sure he'll get there eventually. I think he and Lowry are probably going to trade off once Lowry's um, declines a bit more. Like it, regardless whether or not Fred is Raptor next year, I feel like he's eventually going to make that team in like two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Fred was also mine, um, but I, I'll do my negative pick uh, after. I want to talk about Fred some more because he rules. Uh, he's my he's the Finals MVP mm-hmm. of my heart. Yes. Um, for pro- quite a bit of time after the finals were done, my display name was uh, Fred Van Vee Finals. MVP. I remember, yeah. Like maybe even before the finals were over, I had. Just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love him. I love Steady Freddy. Um, also, just like with Siakam uh, and like a couple other Raptors players, because we've kind of wa- I think we talked about this before, but the fact that we've watched Fred go from like G League. To yes. like coming off the bench to bench mob to like starting to like like changing the game multiple times during the playoffs last year to now just being like a real like presence on the court to the point where I feel like the Raptors definitely suffer when he's gone. Uh, that's been great. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey for him and Pascal yeah. as well, who's also, starting in the All Star game. I not mean. just yeah, not oh, just yes. G League, but undrafted. Yes. Yeah. Bet on yourself, baby. Um, I have, uh, thanks to my father-in-law, a um, a uh, like Bell login so I can watch his cable, <laughs> and um, uh, so I watch like a, a NBA TV sometimes. And Canadian cable is weird. Where I don't know if, if any of you ever watch TV, but they play like six ads. Like there's six ads that play, and one of them is a clip from an open gym episode where they go to Chicago and like Fred is talking about growing up in the town that he grew up in, which is not even like in Chicago. Uh, and it gets me every time, even though I've probably seen it now, like going on <laughs> 700 times. Oh, it's great. That, that and the champ, which ad, like if Fred wanted to dovetail into acting, he would be like so good as an actor, like a Joe Pesci type. Yes. Yes. Well, he's the, I mean, he's, I'll never forget. I mean, as, you talk, you, we joke around about finals MVP for Ed Van Vliet, but he got officially in the record books. There is a single vote for Fred Van Vliet uh, for finals yeah, MVP. Ka- I mean, Kawhi Leonard, obviously he was tremendous, like absolutely tremendous that entire playoff run. Absolutely surreal. But down the stretch in game six of the NBA finals, it was Fred Van Vliet hitting the clutch shots and, and getting them over the hump. And like, that's, that's, Hell he's, yes. he's going to have that, that accomplishment forever he's you know? also bringing back and one which is like a, a sneaker yeah. brand no one has thought about in 25 years <laughs> tanara who's your who's your all-star uh borderline all-star pick uh okay so my all-star pick uh for the bench actually did make the cut it was chris middleton of my lifelong faux team, Mm -hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Um, pay no attention Fuck to the, the sirens in the background. I live on a street that has... It's like a hospital thorough... Not thoroughfare, but... Um, there's ambulances a lot on my street. Tanara's just out there doing crimes right now. I do so many crimes that they've rerouted all the ambulances and police (laughs) to drive down Bathurst. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I was I was trying to think of um, the players that first of all that I am familiar with, which right off the bat really narrowed it down for me, (laughs) and then I was trying to think of ones that had stood out to me basically during the playoffs because that was when I was started watching basketball regularly um, and finished at least until sometime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so I was thinking about the different players uh, and Chris Middleton like really jumped out. I just remember when the Raptors were playing the, the Bucks, um, Middleton was like never really got the most attention because there were other people who were more impressive and bigger names. Um, but it seemed to me like he was always doing like a very impressive job on the court, which makes him kind of perfect material to pick for a bench player for the All-Star game. And it's also yet another show of, um, Olive Branch. Me extending ah. an olive branch to the people of Wisconsin and saying, even though yeah. well, I, I mean, they, never they're having with... like an absolute, they're like having a historic season too. So considering yeah. the role he plays there, he really should be going to the, to the game. I will never kneel before the deer. If you look at the Bucks lineup, like just their faces, they all look like the um, henchmen from a James Bond movie. <laughs> like Brooke Lo- uh yeah, um, Robin Lopez. Uh, Brooke what? and Robin totally look like henchmen brothers that like a yeah. supervillain yeah. would yes. have. In a, and and in Giannis, a just based on fucking height alone. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, have you guys seen, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, the incredible Bucks like, preview the wrestling, wrestling the, With the cobra? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do Santino Morella's cobra move, which is like, of all the wrestlers to pick Santino. I know, it's pretty funny. Like, like I mean, <laughs> um, did you see the quote from Budenheiser? So there was an article about the wrestling warm-up, and he said... He was just like, like I want nothing to do with time. this. Yeah, this is the first time anyone had brought it up to him, and he was like, no, what? What are you talking about? I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear you. Like, he wanted nothing to do with it, which... Is pretty incredible, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but like they had a, they like, like man, they they got the three count for sure on the uh, Sacramento Kings mascot. They were putting some work in yeah. them too. Like honestly, like so we can fear the deer, or we we don't have to fear them, but you have to respect them because they were doing some heel stables. Yeah, stuff, that's right. Like there was no tags, but they were like really getting in some like. <laughs> Some ta- like team up moves, which probably should have resulted in a disqualification yeah. if the ref was paying attention. Lopez needs to hold on to that tag rope if he's going to get legally <laughs> yeah, exactly. tagged into the match. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. if the Bucks sustain this, they're going to become the heels of the fucking league. Like the same. Well, way. here's what here's what I'm interested in uh, because we saw it, the Bucks were absolutely incredible last year, but after winning Game One and Two against the Toronto. Uh, kind of folded a little bit and and got really outplayed over those last four games uh, by Toronto. So we're going to see what I'm interested in this year because obviously any path, any potential path to the finals for the Raptors is going to run through the Bucks. There's actually a very real chance they might have the exact same matchups this year as they did last year, Orlando and yeah. Philly and uh, Milwaukee again, if it breaks correctly. But uh, if so, I mean, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, the Bucks would be a huge favorite, I think, because uh, this time there would be no Kawhi Leonard. They have another kind of year of like playing a whole season of really dominant basketball. They'd definitely be the favorites, but it would be interesting to see if in that kind of situation, that's when the Raptors' newfound championship medal is going to come in. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see if, that can, if they can have some wily veteran tricks 
to uh, to get them past the young upstarts in the playoffs. I would, I would love to see that personally. <clears throat> the intangible there is so like crucial because like no one on the Bucks, if I'm correct, has won a championship uh, yet, which is like it does make a huge difference when you're playing pressure, right? Yeah. Well, that's like when I'm talking about Fred Van Vliet and those those moments, like. It, 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 especially going back to it, the last couple of years of Raptors basketball, like when they first started making the playoffs, there was a really like a deer in headlights thing that would happen each year in the playoffs. And no matter how good like Lowry or DeRozan was in the regular season, they would kind of tense up and everything gets so much more tight. And all of a sudden the offense doesn't flow. And you can, you can feel like now that they have that kind of experience that they don't have that same kind of level of, of kind of blinking in these big moments. You know, it, it really does help these guys to play in those moments and overcome the adversity like they did last year. Do you think they're going to trade? They're going to trade for the deadline? I think I could see a possible like peripheral move. I don't think there's any any move out there that really improves them that much that that they would want to pull the trigger on it. Um, and yeah, as I've said in previous episodes, what I would like just for purely sentimental reasons is just seeing this team uh, get healthy for the playoffs and just see what see what they can do. And if they go out in the all if they go out in the second round or the third round, then you know, okay. But that's that's personally what that's I want to see. That's the kind but of negativity never we don't need to see. I think they'll going all trade the way for year. Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> uh-huh. So they're going to trade for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon yes. Rice, and DeMar DeRozan, yes. and Terrence Ross, and Bismack Biyombo. They're going to trade, get them all back. Bring the boys back for the like. It's gonna. I don't know yes. how they will do that without giving anyone up, uh, but they will. Cash considerations <laughs> in every case. So buy a. I don't. I don't know Masai how the cap will, works, but I think like they this can is Masai's eight D chess, where he'll just yeah purchase. He'll purchase the Hornets, <laughs> um, and he'll purchase the Spurs, and then fold them into the Raptors, just like yeah, yeah. You know, midseason moves. They're making big ones. Yeah, I do agree with you. Uh, to go back to the Bucks for a second, that um, I feel like. I think we've seen this with Philly a little bit, but I feel like – do you guys remember like the Warriors were like the darling team when they first started yeah. beating up? Like the Mark Jackson Warriors were like the underdog. And then like overnight, all of a sudden it was like, oh, they're arrogant. Yeah. Or, you know, like sports sports fans say a lot of bullshit. It's basic, Being a sports fan is basically 90% just talking <laughs> absolute doo-doo um but like overnight suddenly like everyone hated the warriors and it like continued like it went on like that basically for the rest of it i mean i don't think like kids love steph curry and things like that but like it definitely became a like partly exhaustion partly it's harder to cheer for someone on top um although i guess demonstrably like when franchise teams are in the playoffs, the ratings do better. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think that that is about to turn that like, I feel like they have to have a little bit more success though. Cause they still haven't proven themselves. I think a big part of it with the Warriors was just the fact that like, they just kept acquiring like all-star players. Like I remember being like, Oh man, LeBron's in uh LeBron's in LA now like we we're not scared of him anymore he's gonna set up a challenge to the Warriors and then like all of a sudden they got boogie and you're like what the fuck man you know what I mean like it just felt <laughs> unfair yeah and that was after the whole Durant move of them of them beating Durant in the playoffs and then him joining the team yeah that's the kind of stuff that because even if it's it's completely like above board it was totally made sense with the way that there's it was just basically luck the way the situation worked out that allowed them to do it but still, as a fan, I mean, that's something that you, especially if if you're generally someone that kind of trends towards teams that are not as good, that are kind of underdogs, and it's kind of like, well, now they're the, even if they're likable individually, now they're the evil empire. That was like the turning point for Durant too, right? Because like I feel like that was around the time when it came out that he had like multiple like <laughs> yeah. social media stuff up yeah. that he was using to talk gas himself up, which man, Mad that's respect. funny. Like. Do you remember, like, it was, like, probably, like, I, I, it feels to me like it happened within, like, an 18-month window. Maybe it was, like, way longer. But, like, that happened to Durant and then happened again to Brian Colangelo, where, yes. like, it turned out that he was also, like, I bet it's really common. Sock I think, <laughs> I think, I remember when, uh, 
yeah, when Durant joined the Warriors, because he had a terrible performance um, in that series he played before he joined them, right? Someone was telling me, like, yeah, man, he, he threw the series because he knew he was going to go to the Warriors. And, like, for the longest time, I'm like, that makes sense. And then recently I was like, wait, that makes no sense. Why would <laughs> no, you that? No, that makes not a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no yeah. fucking sense at <laughs> all. I to throw a series so that I can get <laughs> traded. <laughs> That's some, like, Bill Belichick. Up my value. That's a show of good faith. Yeah, that's like there's a there was a game where Bill Belichick let a team score a touchdown so they could get because he had confidence that the Patriots could get the ball back with enough time that they could then just run the clock like score and run the clock and then they they did that so his gamble was proven but that's the kind of like that is also like some real chess master stuff where like. Again, that also was famously like they were up yeah three one like yeah. three they were right on the verge of, on of warriors yeah ending them man um do we want to I have, I'll do mine um and mine is kind of topical I didn't necessarily plan it this way but as we as everyone in this whole like universe knows uh, even my mom knew uh, Kobe Bryant passed away this week and he has a like a I don't even know how to discuss it. A complicated relationship with the fans and with just everything. Um, so to sidestep all that, I'm going to say the person who I'm glad is not on the all-star team is Derek Rose. Yeah. Fuck Derek Rose. Fuck Derek <laughs> Rose. Yes. Um, and like, so there was like, I saw some criticism, which I think is a little valid that in the wake of Kobe's death, um, I saw people saying like, you know, Oh, like people are just bringing up this, his rape, like the fact that he raped someone, be, like to score points because they don't care about sports or whatever, which I think is a little unfair. But also, I think there, there's a conversation to be had there about non-sports fans, like just bringing that up. That's not a conversation we're going to have on this podcast today. But we can have a conversation about it. fuck Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is a rapist. There's no like he's just playing right now and doing very well. And you can just say fuck Derrick Rose anytime you want. Um, with impunity because he's alive, he's playing, uh, and he's a piece of shit. Um, so I'm glad he is not in the uh, All Star game. And I'm gonna be real. Derrick Rose was my favorite player for a while. The year that the like Bulls yeah. looked like they were gonna be a dynasty. I love when that he tore team. his knee in the I, in the first yeah. game of the playoffs. Oh my god, it was heartbreaking. Um, like him, Noah, like all that stuff. Like he. Famously, like when he got his first big contract, like he was from Chicago and he like thanked his mom. There's an amazing like speech he gives about how like he made it. He's playing in Chicago for Chicago. Like it was like, yes, this dude rocks. Uh, it turns out he did not rock. Um, and like I'm not equipped to talk about the nuances involved in like sexual assault and consent and all those things right now on this podcast. I did not come to have that conversation today. Um, if someone else wants to, that's fine. But I can say fuck Derrick Rose, and I'm glad he's not on. Yeah, All-Star. whenever whenever someone in like the Raptors uh, verse says that they should trade for Derrick Rose, I'm like, why would you do that to your team, man? Like, why would yeah. you? Yeah, I couldn't cheer yeah. for them anymore. I would just have to stop. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a difficult dilemma. The first ever basketball game I ever watched was um, Lakers seventy sixers game two two thousand one in the finals, and yeah. like that was like the game before Kobe put like I think he put thirty four points down the next uh, the next game, which was like huge, right for that, especially for that era, um, and it's like. Yeah, with with like Kobe and stuff like that, it like sucks because like especially as a kid, you have no idea what any of these like um, things he did mean, right? Like I was like eight years old or whatever. I wrote I wrote four thousand words about it like online. I'm not gonna hash it out. If you want to read it, it's on my Twitter. But like, um, yeah, like it just fucking sucks when like your heroes turn out to be pieces of shit, especially in sports, man. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I was I think I'm a bit older, so I I remember. I remember very distinctly kind of going through that period. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's one of the, one of the things, cause I, I, I watched that series like so intently. I remember cause I was a huge Allen Iverson fan at the time and that game one, uh, and the Sixers actually beat the Lakers and Allen Iverson had 50 in game one and just looked like all my dreams of Allen Iverson kind of upsetting the Lakers dynasty in the making looks like they were about to happen and it didn't work out. But that's the kind of the difficult thing of grappling with, uh, with, 
Kobe's death is just that even though I always, I hated him, you know, I never, I didn't like him as a player. And I, frankly, I felt like after his uh, sexual assault trial in the mid two thousands, that he was kind of allowed to just kind of sweep that under the rug and kind of go on this kind of redemptive hero's journey that just, it never really felt earned to me. And it felt kind of like a media creation, but I, I do have to say that even kind of, that's how I was, how I felt, always kind of felt about him, but I did find myself feeling like really sad um, th- uh, this weekend when I found out that he had died. Just because for that exact reason, I mean, as, as long as you've been watching basketball, even if you hate someone, they've, they're part of so many like memories and so many memorable moments. And uh, it was really hard not to be moved by by seeing the, the outpouring of emotion from people that you can see that he did like touch over his career. And it would like, like he was saying, it's really conflicting because I think like, I think it's perfectly valid, of course, for people to feel hurt and to grieve. But I also understood why, you know, survivors of sexual abuse are find those moments really difficult to confront because they see this person just kind of being deified and praised and all that stuff is kind of, uh, you know, not mentioned or, you know, it's not the right time to talk about it. And I can see really why that's upsetting for people. So it just... It was it was really conflicting, and um, it, the whole thing was just very stunning. Uh, I've still not I still haven't totally grappled with it, to be honest. Um, just it was it was it was very eerie, first of all, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. with LeBron passing Kobe in the all time scores mm-hmm. list the night before. I actually sent a tweet from the Big Rings account making fun of Kobe <laughs> from his last tweet the night before because uh, when he when he praised LeBron for moving the game forward, and that's now his last tweet. And it was just incredibly surreal and and eerie uh, the next day to get the news that he had passed away. And it's just, it's really, I don't know. I still, I still haven't fully come come to grips with it. Yeah, like it's going to be a long time to like square out like who Kobe was, like being responsible largely for like your love of the game uh, with everything else, right? Like they played uh, in the Raptors pregame last game. They played um, like Dear Basketball, you know, as like short film or whatever. Um, fuck man, like, it's still a heartbreaking and, like, sad thing to see. That film is, is quite beautiful, and it's just, like, I mean, luckily, I I hope that, like, you know, once Derrick Rose is gone, and once, uh, you know, Kobe hasn't played for, like, a couple of years, and he's gone now, too, right? But, like, um, I think the NBA wouldn't allow this thing to happen again. Like, uh, optimistically, that's sort of my thought, which is, like, you know, maybe it's just something of an era you have to like leave behind us and let like age out and die yeah hopefully yeah um did you have anything to narrow like what what was what was going through your head this week uh seeing the kobe discount discourse play out uh after his death uh, i was trying to put together some thoughts while you both were talking um like i wasn't uh really a basketball fan at any point until like the last couple of years, even casually, but um, I was aware of like some of the bigger stars, obviously, including Kobe, and I was also aware of um, the the fact that he had been accused of rape, and not really about the uh, the details of his sort of return to basketball stardom um so i mean i don't know like i i felt at first i think after he died um and i saw some of the criticisms about people um like people who don't really have any connection to basketball but also especially uh like white women doing sort of like a white feminist sort of thing where they're like uh we need to be talking about this right now with no sort of regard for any of the other yeah complicated yeah. aspects yeah. of it and i think that's definitely um something to make note of because i mean that i mean i'm sure that that is the case for some people who were posting about that right that it was like um that to some people it was like well there's no other 
important aspect about this person's life or anything, and this needs to be talked about, which I don't think is great, especially if you're not um, like a member of a community or um, an identity where it would allow you to understand the significance of him as like a cultural and sports figure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the same time, there was this crazy reactionary backlash in the other direction where, like, that exactly. Washington Post journalist got That's thousands exactly of death threats. That's exactly what I was about to say. And yeah. got suspended just yeah. for even mentioning. Yeah, for there, even so mentioning. There was, it. like, the, the, the white women. I mean, not only white women, but, like, I think that was mostly what some of the criticisms were about was these, like, white women who don't seem to care about basketball and are just sort of, like, immediately uh, trying to only talk about this one thing. But then. Like you said, there was that Washington Post reporter who all she did at first was tweet a link to an article about um, the rape accusation or trial, like no editorializing in the tweet. And she uh, was deluged with death threats. She was suspended for a little while. She's since been reinstated, but the Post management and ownership is being very weird and shitty about it as yeah, they, they really they messed did. it and up. And apparently, like. Um, like when they suspended her, the owner or executive editor or whoever it was, like also uh, talked to her and was like, didn't offer any sort of support or evince any sort of understanding that like she's being deluged with death threats and needs some help with like security or even just uh like making her not feel terrified and was just instead like you might want to look into getting a hotel which is just like thanks man cool <laughs> Fuck, dude great thanks millionaire newspaper <clears throat> editor yeah um so yeah i don't know i it i feel like it's it's Jeff just too, the the way that those different um tensions come into play and are like and interact with each other, I think, is too complicated and too interwoven with things that I'm not a part of and don't understand for me to begin to know how to unpack them. But I, like, I think I agree with uh, what both of you were sort of getting at earlier about how there's got to be space to both acknowledge that this man has done some horrible things. And which we have to do pretty much right from the start so that it doesn't get written out of the historical narrative of his life. Um, but also to understand that, like, there's a whole generation of kids who, because they were kids, didn't know anything about any of that. And, like, this man was a genuine hero for them. And there needs to be a way to understand that and not yeah. say, like... Well, you're a fucking piece of shit because you were seven you're, years you're old. Your like grief is invalid yeah. or something because of this. Yeah. Is what happened. Yeah. One of one of the things I would say is that like one of the reasons I love basketball specifically is like, and this is all sports, but basketball especially is like this very complex intersection of like race, um, class, you know, uh, the politics of sports, right? Um, like it really ties a lot of things together and it creates a very like difficult web to unpack but that's one of the reasons it makes the sport like you know just so fascinating and um also like oftentimes like very tragic and very sad right like i think uh when you mentioned like you know there's the white feminist um backlash against kobe um that you know what i hate about that analysis i'm not saying the reporters should have gotten death threats that's fucking despicable and lakers fans should be um like, you know, not at all proud of that. Um, <clears throat> but it's the fact that there's no analysis of, like, the conditions of the sport that created someone like Kobe, right? Or someone like Derrick Rose, for example. Like, um, there's no analysis of, like, well, what happens if you give a sport that overwhelmingly targets uh, people who are, like, victims of systemic racism and makes them millionaires overnight, um, yeah. oftentimes at the cost of like their education or, you know, uh, other opportunities, right? What happens when you give people all this responsibility and spotlight and money and you're like, okay, just, just 
you're a star now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you have to look at the conditions around this and, like, the conditions of the sport and how to improve that, right? That's why, like, whenever a team talks about team culture, I fucking believe it. You know what I mean? Like, when you see a team that feels wholesome, like the Raptors or, I hate to say it, <laughs> the fucking Bucks, right? Um, yeah. It's like you, you get this, like, very genuine sense that it's like, oh, these are, like, healthy, well-adjusted people, and that's because of people like Masai in the front office or, like, how, um, you know, Nick Nurse is as a coach, right, and stuff like that. And it's it's actually, like, you know, like I said, you can't give a, uh, you know, boy, like, you know, four million bucks and expect him to be a man. You actually have to, like, make that part of, of how the game is played and especially off the court, right, like the circumstances mm-hmm. of the game. Did it? Anyone read, uh, it's a few years old now, but Dave Zern retweeted it. Uh, Dave Zern wrote an article about Kobe's apology, which I had forgot. Like, I knew he had apologized, but I'd forgotten the content His, of his it, statement which... is like, I think, his statement His statement that he gave after this trial and that he, yes. as part of the mandate that he, the, that he plead down to, is very good as far yeah, as these things um, go. It's, Kobe admits to a non-consensual encounter, which is basically uh, just never happens. I don't believe it's happened yeah. in any of the other high-profile incidents. Um, and like, so I would say go read it because I will not do justice with it if I try to summarize it. But uh, Zern talks to someone from Men Stop Rape, an organization about, you know, <laughs> men stopping raping, um, <laughs> uh, about like how that like that is a framework that people can build off of. And now that didn't happen necessarily. The culture kind of didn't, take that and run with it in a positive way. Um, and I don't know what is in Kobe Bryant's heart or what, like, I don't know what he was like as a man. No, no one but his friends and family do. Um, but I, I'd say that article is worth a peek just because it's worth grappling with his apology and kind of what he said and didn't say compared to where we've gone since then and basically what we have and haven't learned. We have, it turns out we have not learned very much. Um, in that in that time, yeah. Well, that's. I think that's one of the the sad, really extra sad things about this is that I I never felt that he had really like had a real reckoning for that or shown like had really reconciled with that part of his life. But it seemed like maybe he was on that path. Uh, he had become a huge ambassador for women's basketball in the WNBA. Uh, he was like a really vocal about like raising his daughters and being a strong role model for them and. So, yeah, I think it depends on everyone's individual perspective of whether you think he had kind of redeemed himself or whether he hadn't or whether that's even possible. But I I think that is one of the sad things is that is that it felt like he was kind of on on a road to really achieving other other great things, possibly and possibly having like a real kind of reconciliation with that kind of part of his life. And if you believe in like restorative justice, I think it's important to consider that, you know, you you take a process that centers the victim and is sensitive to their needs, but also involves like rehabilitation, right? Um, like you can't just isolate people who have done bad things. It's like a completely punitive, like very American sort of idea yeah. of justice, right? Um, and like, I don't know if he ever embarked on that process with his victim. Like, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's ever read the, or he ever read the restorative justice handbook or anyone around him for that matter. Yeah. Um, but like in, in his own way, like, you know, and, and not to, of course, like diminish what he did, but I do think that there was sort of a, a, a version of that process at work, um, whether it was good enough, whether it was useful, whether it, it had been capitalized on well, um, I think are all like questions we can debate from now till the end of time, but we'll never know the answer to. I feel like before we move on, it's, it is worth pointing out that while this is a complicated subject, in, that, in the, um, the criminal trial, not, uh, his lawyer like used the like the normal and established playbook of just like a, like yeah. absolutely destroying that woman like it's yeah and the media played and a big like, role in that as well and, and exactly and the media yeah. facilitated and, and it was very it. disgusting and then, at the time I, I remember very yeah, well I, it's 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 shit and like that and that before that but I felt like in the sports world that really kind of like catalyze like was the catalyst for like that's the playbook going forward we saw that in the Derek Rose trial we saw that in Beth Ro- Ben Roethlisberger's trial I'm sure I could think of others you see that in every essentially every trial that's the defense yeah, exactly. strategy so and not to like I feel like this is a complicated subject and that Zern article goes into uh Kobe's growth or non-growth but like it is worth pointing out that 
mm-hmm. what they did to that woman sucks shit. Yep. Uh, apart yeah, from the absolutely. actual assault. So, um, can does anyone have anything else? Can to I can, can I dovetail into something that's slightly more lighthearted, but also mildly Kobe related? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Do the segue. Let's hear it. Have you guys seen the rules for the All-Star game this year? Because they're insane. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, they're settlers of Kitsian (laughs) or something. (laughs) Trading wood on the court for sheep. Yeah, yeah, at the Um, beginning of the quarter, the players enter the time cube, and then the... Okay, so how about this? Without looking, explain... Okay, (laughs) Abdul... What's the format of the All-Star game okay. this year? They're going to play basketball, I be- right? You Do not cheat. Okay, I believe how it is is that at the end of every quarter, the points are reset to zero. But then at okay. the start of the fourth quarter, they're um, added up again. Okay. But So why, do they ma- why don't they just keep the track the whole because time? Because the team that wins each quarter, I believe, gets to give something to charity. <laughs> Um, but this is even better. The the team that's winning at the start of the fourth quarter, um, uh, their score plus 24 points. Oh, and there's no clock, by the way, at the start of the fourth quarter. The clock is out. Um, <laughs> but their score plus 24 points is what either team has to get to in order to win the game. <laughs> uh, there might be there might be a TARDIS involved. Yeah, um, like I believe they I, they get Nick Nurse if he coaches the All Star game, like has to get into the TARDIS and bring back Kobe Bryant to hand out the <laughs> checks at the end. I can't fucking wait till I watch the All Star game with like a casual thing, yeah. <laughs> and we have to try to explain this to them. Like it's, I I understand wanting to spice up the All Star game. Like I get that because it can be kind of dull. Though I thought last year. Like LeBron kind of led by example by being like, no, fuck that, we're playing defense. So I feel like we were making mo- movement in the direction of making it more exciting. So, I mean, let's, I hope we can all agree skill, like Saturday night, the skills competition is the best part of uh, the Celebrity All Star like, game as well, by the way. <laughs> okay, well, I don't need to watch Wind Is he playing? <laughs> Wait, is, is uh, Wind Butler playing? No, but he's. Okay, he's fuck. playing. He's before. a gamer. <laughs> he's a gamer. Um, he's pretty good at basketball, to be quite honest. Isn't um, he from Utah? But. Uh, no, Texas. Isn't I believe he? originally he's like ten feet tall. So. Oh, okay, yeah, Texas. Oh, yeah, he's quite a large man. He's a he's a gangly man. Um, <laughs> taco Taco Fall uh, alternate wind. What's his game? I've never actually seen him play. What's his What's his game like? Is he like a post up guy or is he shooting jumpers? No, I feel like he was shooting jumpers when I Damn. like in the slurry. I'm gonna be honest. I don't do drugs, but let's say hypothetically, while I was watching the Friday Night Celebrity game. Um, someone else in the room was doing hot knives, and I accidentally secondhand smoke inhaled a little bit of it. Oh, sorry, like, about that. like I, I'm, I don't do drugs, but so it kind of affected my memory. I, and I just remember, like every time Wynn got the ball, yelling, "Shoot it, Wynn! Be the hero!" <laughs> uh, so I was really busy doing that, and really not busy, uh, what, like critiquing his form. Um, oh man! <laughs> but yeah, the All Star Game is chaos this year. Um, in a DM earlier today, I had a suggestion for how to make the All-Star game better that I'm going to lay on you guys and let you guys see if you like it or not. So we all agree something needs to be done. In baseball, they the winner of the All-Star game, because they still have it divided up by like I don't know, conferences or whatever, the leagues, I think is what it is in baseball, uh, and the winning league has home field advantage for the uh, World Series. So... That has been floated like for that. basketball. I like it too. I feel like it makes the seeding a little less important. So it may you could like teams could coast into the playoffs in a way that I don't they already do, but it could make that worse. But my suggestion solves all these problems, which is we keep the current format, which is the best players all get divvied up onto teams. At the conclusion of the All Star game, the losing team is immediately traded to the New York Knicks, oh. and the player and all the New York Knicks get to leave that team and go elsewhere. <laughs> so you're you have to uh, the, the losing uh, team has to play for the Knicks, has to play for James uh, Dolan. Oh man, that would be like <laughs> that's dr- that'd be a lot of drama. How long do they have? Yeah. to like, are their contracts all given to the Knicks? Oh, their contracts their contracts <laughs> are until their contracts are done. 
Like you are, you just get traded to the. So Knicks if you're locked in for four years, you're in that fourth oh, quarter of the All Star game. You're like, now. you're really trying love, that at that point. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that guarantees just, a a Knicks championship from now till the end of until James Dolan like doesn't like <laughs> until he doesn't own the team and they revert to the old rules, right? But right. additional to that, like. Yo, I don't even know. That would be amazing. The the salary cap. How much salary so would here's the, the Knicks thing. take on? <laughs> I think that James Dolan is such an inept leader and that organization is so poorly run that they, like if they got – like Team LeBron goes to the Knicks, I do not think they would win. <laughs> I think that like I the coach so would be like like I feel like – there is such like it's like the the Clippers before they sold the team, right? Like or you know the New York Jets, for example, of another sport with a very poorly incompetently run team. You had put all the talent in the world on that fucking team, but like if the front office is like friggin' all get out of the same car because they're clowns, like it's not going to make a big difference. And I feel like the Knicks are that. The Knicks front office all drives to work together in the same car because they're clowns. They also play like an hour away at their practice facility. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, honestly, like that would be like think of how exciting that game would be because everyone like that's more than a championship stake. That's <laughs> the stakes are so high. The stakes have never been higher. I mean, you get to live in New York, it. so it's not the, the end of the world. <laughs> you have to play for Dole. Or like... uh, the alternate would be like playing for Charlotte. <laughs> like that would be a worse punishment yeah. because you'd also yeah. have to live in Charlotte. But you get to play for Jordan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, Michael. I agree. But like, what if you sweeten the pot and the starting all-star team that loses has to do perform at least one performance each with, uh, what's Dolan's bands called again? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like, yeah. Uh, it's JD like, in the straight shot. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> JD in the straight shot. You have to perform a show at Madison Square Garden with JD in the straight shot. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, okay, quick question. So would you rather live in New York and play for Dolan or live in Charlotte and uh, play for Jordan? Um, I don't think they really get the winner very much in Charlotte, do they? I, I'm going to say Charlotte. I feel like the real estate um, prices would be lower. You could probably get a decent yeah. place. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like... I think North Carolina does mm-hmm. kind of suck, though, right? Like, I think that, like... I bet Charlotte's I mean, not I'm so not bad. I bet besmirch... there's good, like, barbecue and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to just besmirch all barbecue. the people of North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina heads are no longer listening to the podcast yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got the, like they had the All-Star game taken away because of their trans bathroom ban, right? Yes. Yes. That's true. Like, they've got, you know, I don't know. I... Whew. This that really is like that's a tough <laughs> Sophie's choice for. Yeah, someone suggested it's just whoever was the bottom seed in the league the previous year receives all the players and mix it up a little bit. Um, but like then the Warriors would have yeah, every player, but they'd lose Steph Curry and Clay, right? Because they would get traded out to whatever team <laughs> previously held the contracts of. Like LeBron or whoever is getting traded to the Warriors. Okay, that's actually pretty fair. That's uh, but what happens when the Warriors like make the All Star team but are still at the bottom of the uh, of the of the <laughs> yeah, ladder? You just yeah. go back to your you just go back to your team, man. <laughs> You're already suffering enough. Like you play for the Knicks or whoever, right? Like, could you imagine? Like, what if they all had to like live together because <laughs> it's the Bay Area? <laughs> okay. Like real estate. Wait. They've got to one. They got to live in one of those like tech company like coffin depots where you just get a little like sliver. You get Hold to on. go in. They're in a WeWork facility. Yeah. Basketball players aren't all like don't aren't all friends who live together in one big house on every team. <laughs> like I thought that was how it worked. It's like how the team like they all live at the arenas, don't they? In like like bunk beds. I thought it was like how teachers live at school. <laughs> They're like sleeping on the rafters. <laughs> It is exactly um, like that, Hugh. Don't let Rob and Abdul tell you otherwise. Well, yeah. Thank you, Tanera. I knew you'd have my back. Um, before we go, the reason I had to step away briefly is my father-in-law called me, and I thought it would be important. And like, you know, you know, I don't want to live big PC. Uh, that's those are his initials. I didn't want to leave him like hanging, but he was calling me to ask who I thought was going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess <laughs> you might as well mention the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> he, uh, he's in like a pick and league. Uh, the Super Bowl is this weekend. Uh, it's the Chiefs versus the Niners. Abdul, do you have any feelings on American football? Um, The bad sport. Like, because I work in like media and advertising, I always watch it for the ads like every other fucking poser. But um, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm happy the Patriots aren't there. That's my big one. Yes. I, you know, I'm a diehard Browns fan. Um, if you, if you call like a casual interest in the Browns um, diehard. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm hoping the, I'm hoping the chiefs win. Um, I mean, fuck San Francisco. Maybe it's just like my Latin hatred of the warriors, but uh, you know, go, I guess there's like, I guess their team name is a little racist. Fuck. I don't know, man. <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm sticking yeah. with the 49ers. I picked them last week. I did watch the conference, uh, championship games there weren't neither game was that great i didn't like no. i wasn't super into either of them but i guess sticking with the uh, 49ers and again um quarterback jimmy garoppolo who is extremely attractive oh god he's so fucking wait old. let yeah. me uh, uh wait <laughs> hotter or less hot than nick nurse oh shit we didn't okay we didn't even do the nick nurse heat check. yeah my pick is the is is kansas city unfortunately even though, uh, fuck that team, fuck their fans. Uh, love to Andy Reid, though. Andy Reid deserves a ring. He was um, going to be doing the chop when he's watching the yeah, game. I will not. I will <laughs> not be doing the chop or the chant. Okay. Never. I just looked up I just looked up Jimmy Garoppolo. You know that, like, yeah. that old-ass um, meme of, like, you know, extremely attractive casual guy, like the guy who's running? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's Jimmy right. Garoppolo. Yep, it's, that's yes. correct. It's 2-A-T. Holy shit. That's right. All right, Abdul. Before we let you go, Nick Nurse, hot or not? Um. Okay. I have two. I have two brains on Nick Nurse. One in- incredibly hot, like extremely hot. <laughs> I'm listening. But ridiculous. Nick Nurse is is hot as hell. He is daddy. He can coach me anytime. Um. My partner is currently in the kitchen where I'm recording this. I believe she's shaking her head. Um. <laughs> uh, but. Nick Nurse, when he's, like, just in casual sweatwear, is, like, your friend's dad who's going through a divorce and is trying to be cool by getting into streetwear at the age of, like, 45. Um, And Nick Nurse, who's in a suit, courtside, is your friend's dad you want to fuck. You know what I mean? Like, those are the two (laughs) worlds of Nick Nurse. Um, I don't know if you agree with the sentiment, uh, but that's my uh, Nick Nurse hot take. I don't even remember what side I came down on in the Nick Nurse argument. Uh, I'm I think pro Nick Nurse being hot, personally. Are very funny. The NN hat and like carrying the guitar around is so funny. That is um, a look. But I feel like Nick Nurse has got a great personality, and if you get to know him, <laughs> like he's a really nice guy and he'll treat you right. Was he playing? Uh, <laughs> was he playing Wonderwall at their like after championship celebrations <laughs> on that guitar? Yeah, I. I bet that the team bullied him into pulling out the guitar, but he probably like I bet Nick Nurse plays something cooler than Tom Petty or something. Yeah, yeah, he he rocked out free falling. <laughs> Although it's Kawhi Leonard is maybe. just like texting yeah. in the corner, just not even paying yeah. attention to what's going on. Yeah, it's CanCon. He played life as a highway. Man. <laughs> no, he played he played free falling as a tribute to Clay Thompson. <laughs> oh no, I do. <laughs> We have managed to talk about Kobe without I getting just... canceled. Now we're going to get canceled for Abdul's flippant comment about Clay Thompson. <laughs> Great. You're everything that's bad about sports fans. Yeah. Hell yeah, King. Listen, it's that Alberta Before toxicity. we move off of Nick Nurse, I just have to say my piece mm-hmm. about this, which is that we live in a putatively free society. <laughs> and I think we should live in a more free society. And that's why I... I'm okay with having had Abdul on the show to spew his revisionist bile, but it needs to be said that Nick Nurse is not hot. He has okay. an okay look for, like Abdul, like you said, like the dad of a friend that you have a crush on, but that does not a hot guy make. He is not It's hot. the power he carries that look with, though, right? Like... It's just there's something about him that's both like dad wholesome, but also like a little freaky. Like I, I don't know. Look at how he mixes up uh, his lineup changes. Like someone like that cannot be normal in the bedroom. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Go, we have to go now before we get canceled <laughs> even a more. Full court press in bed. 
Okay, that's enough. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I, I have to go. You guys can keep recording. But... My, uh, my first and last appearance on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, it was great to have you, Abdul. I know you have a whole, like, yeah, I remember you mentioned you had some kind of unifying theory about Bill Simmons uh, that you wanted to explain to us. That I guess we're kind of running out of time, but we'll have to have you back yeah. another time. After you talk to our HR department yeah. and you kind of go over the different kind of rate rules and regulations about <laughs> what a tone that you can kind of use, I think we maybe got a little out of hand there at the end, but yeah, you know, um, next time we'll make sure none of that happens. We're calling you in. We definitely yeah, get we definitely get in. very blue on uh, on Kino Lefter. I'm sorry I, uh, I did not bring, you know, more... Um, I don't know. What's like a comedian who's like extremely wholesome? I don't fucking know. I'm I yeah. I'm sorry. I did not bring more of that energy to the end. Of this Who episode. is that Christian comedian? Or yeah. I feel like it was like Dan Naiman or something like that. Um, well, anyway. he's the he's the online guy. No, the, that's a different my, guy. Right. Okay. I get sushi at the convenience yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. That's guy. who I was thinking of. I thought he was like a clean comedian. Yeah, he's a 100 percent clean comedian. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. There we go. I don't think okay. he's Christian, though. Uh, so, so I just assume anyone there. who does 100% clean comedy does it so that they can perform for church youth groups or at, like, big rallies. I think it's more like – I think he does, like, <laughs> corporate retreats and stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great gig. Anyway, we got to go, everybody. Uh, thank you, Big Rings Nation, for tuning in. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a review of the show on iTunes. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Big Rings Pod, um, and we will we'll be back Abdul, where can they another... find you if the people want more of your lewd, blue material? <laughs> Disgusting. You, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at Abdul Y Malik. Um, you can find my uh, writing online at abdulymalik.com, and you can find um, my podcast, which I co-host with two uh, very lovely other people. Um, at Kino K I N O Lefter Kino Lefter. Um, like I said, we're a movie of the week podcast, and uh, yeah, I keep trying to inject basketball in there, and my hosts keep cutting my feed. So wow, disgusting. Yeah, I know. Very sad. <clears throat> bye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Ride, ride that slide. Close your eyes and just glide. Hold. of your kite smile smile that smile deep inside in a child feel feel the air blow your head you don't care life is just a carnival this is a ride you get to take for free it's just begun it's so much fun so jump aboard and you